Uh, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast, recorded Friday, June the 17th. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about an assortment of odds and ends, uh, including the spike in the COVID rate in Arkansas, an Arkansas man arrested in Idaho as part of a white supremacist group, the latest from the January 6th committee, missed opportunities by Attorney General Leslie Rutledge, the Arkansas School Safety Commission, and Moms for Liberty in Cabot. We'll do kind of a speed round uh, this week. No no huge, huge news stories, but one that's, uh, that is on both of our minds, I know, is the, the rise in, uh, in COVID numbers in Arkansas. For a while, I was sort of taking it easy, going out to eat and doing my normal life, but no more. You know, really serious medical people, the ones that are very cautious, are now saying because of a rise in, in, in a strange variant of COVID and the rising number of cases and the increasing hospitalization rate that it's time to, if you haven't been vaccinated, get vaccinated and to go back to think about wearing masks and avoiding crowds. And that's kind of where I am. Now, we're not at the peak level. A thousand new cases in a day, a couple of hundred people hospitalized. Uh, that's a sign it's not over. Sure, and, and as as health officials remind us always, and should be obvious to anyone, a thousand is a significant undercount because of the reliance on home testing. And even on the numbers we do know, Arkansas is near the top in transmission rate. I mean, there's still community transition transmission, and it's happening and. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like many people care or are worried about it, and that that only guarantees that things will get worse before they get better. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hope that enough enough of that. Yeah, we so we follow the trend of some northeastern states that have ran through it and and now are are back down to manageable levels. Uh, over uh, about a week ago, an Arkansas man was arrested in Idaho uh, as part of a white supremacist group seeking to uh, start a riot at a gay pride event. Yeah, uh, you know, they arrested 31 people on misdemeanor charges of, of planning to cause some kind of ruckus, and they were, all but one came from other states. What I think that and this this guy's from Fayetteville, and I guess he attended University of Arkansas for a while. He's not, and apparently has been active in this this uh, right wing movement for some time, and been present at some other of their events. I mean, to me, that well, th- this I mean, this kind of event is not a good thing. Period. Uh, the sad thing to me is, is this is one of many outgrowths of what clearly has become a very strong political movement. I think we're going to touch on it again in another story today of of using uh, resistance to people of different sexual identities and different gender identification as a powerful rallying tool by conservatives against the evils of the world. And it seems to have some lasting power. And that's the depressing thing. I mean, the transgender issue is 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 sort of a issue apart in that it's such a it's I mean it's it's a hard thing for people who haven't studied it much to get their heads around this this notion of, of people feeling they're a different gender than what their biological assignment at birth might have been. But 
but it's spread now into a general attack on sexual identity generally against gay people. And it's having some impact and, and state laws around the country and rules and efforts to discriminate just this week. Uh, Attorney General Leslie Rutledge joined with a bunch of Republican states to object to Biden's uh, administration rule that uh, if you discriminate on the basis of sexual identity, or gender prefer or gender identity that uh, you can't qualify for food stamp or school lunch money. She's pitching this as discrimination against children in, in some form or fashion. It's just it's a sad state of affairs. That's all. Uh, so speaking of sad state of affairs, the January six committee hearings continued, and um, uh, Arkansas Republicans continue by and large to try to brush it to the side. One uh, exception, as we've mentioned before, is Governor Hutchinson, who seems to be on Sunday uh, news shows every week. He was on on Sunday and and was pretty unequivocal about uh, his feelings on Trump's responsibility. Well, he he said that Donald Trump was politically and morally responsible for the events of January 6th. And that's that's a big get for a Republican, but it didn't go nearly far enough. He took pains to say that he wasn't ready to say that he was legally culpable in any way. He said this before a couple of days worth of committee hearings, however, in which the evidence grows ever stronger that he is criminally culpable for what happened. He was told that what he wanted to do to overturn the election result was illegal. He was told it by his own people repeatedly, and he forged ahead and tried to bully Mike Pence into declaring him the winner of the presidential election. There are a lot of people, particularly John Eastman, the crackpot architect of this uh, election coup theory, that I think ought to meet the bar of justice on this. There are indications the Justice Department is looking. But the biggest thing is, is we just have to be sure Donald Trump isn't president again. And there's an impeachment proceeding where you can bar a previous officer from holding office again. It needs to happen. But it's not going to happen as long as we're represented by Republicans like exists in Arkansas, where Hutchinson stands alone in saying anything critical about Trump, where the others talk at all. They say, oh, we have bigger problems. This hearing is political. It's a waste of time. Well, it's political to date. It's been wholly comprised of, of statements adverse to Trump's interests by Republicans, people who work for him, people who advised him, people who supported him. Uh, it's nice that they're speaking now. Would have been nice if they spoke several months ago. But he's he's given a speech in Nashville today where he's still lying about it and saying he had a bigger crowd at his uh, pro uh, coup rally than the Martin Luther King did during the "I Have a Dream" speech. The man is nuts. Certifiable. Uh, well, uh, moving on, but but staying on that topic, Attorney General Leslie Rutledge loves to send out uh, consumer protection style notices that she's filing suit on behalf of uh, ill-gotten uh, gains by by local and national and international companies. So you rightly pointed out, is she going after the Trump organization raised crazy amounts of money trying to, to stop the steal and and uh, all that money just went went into to Trump's pocket essentially. Some some giant slush fund and some of it went into personal gain for other people. 
Yeah, and I asked uh, Attorney General Leslie Rutledge's office if she would use uh, her Consumer Protection Division to investigate deceptive trade practices because there's undoubtedly Arkansans among the people who sent tens of millions of dollars to Donald Trump to stop the steal. And they said, well, they don't respond to hypotheticals. <laughs> you know, sworn testimony before Congress doesn't sound like a hypothetical to me. But she's a total Trump believer, and she's in the tank, and uh, she thinks it's in her political interest to support Donald Trump, and she doesn't care what kind of crook, crooked things happen. She's not going to do anything about it. Same thing with Trent Garner's getting the illegal payment for uh, being a public defender for $10,000 worth before the, that before that steal got stopped. Yeah, and uh, there was additional reporting by Matt Campbell uh, on on that topic. Uh, some some time sheets that Garner handed in seem to match some per diem uh, requests. So maybe the suggestion right. is that he was at the Capitol while he was charging for defense uh, public defender work. And he did very little work. And the Constitution and statutes couldn't be clear. A sitting member of the legislature cannot take a job after he's in the legislature it's a state office, which working for the Public Defender Commission is. Uh, so they fired him when when his hand got called on it. But as far as I know, he hasn't paid the money back. Maybe he has. There was a Public Defender Commission meeting scheduled today that I was going to listen to. But for some reason, it was canceled and postponed until next month. They, they have some explaining to do about putting this numbskull on, on the payroll. And there's more to come on that story. We've talked previously about... Uh... Governor Hutchinson's response to uh, the, the latest school massacre in Uvalde, Texas, and and uh, what he wants to do in Arkansas, and, and that's very little, uh, but he's uh, or very little that would make a difference. But he's convened his reconvened his school safety commission. It met for the first time uh, this week. Yeah, and uh, they kind of the, the chair, Cheryl May, went through what the last report and an interim report had said and some ideas about what they should do. And most of the talk was about putting more armed people in schools, you know, and that's that's just the accepted wisdom in Arkansas that you just need more people with guns in schools. And uh, the research doesn't bear that out, but uh, science has never carried much weight in Arkansas political discussions. Uh, Austin Bailey has has uh, been on the book banning beat for us at the Arkansas Times and uh, has written about these Moms for Liberty groups uh, that are popping up in Arkansas and across the country uh, who are who want to ban any kind of books that have uh, you know anything any uncomfortable truths about our racist past or LGBT books. Uh, there was a, a Moms for Liberty member in Cabot who was captured in audio file uh, talking about, uh, you know, if she were crazy and using this hypothetical, she would she'd go kill a librarian who was making eighty thousand dollars and and uh, and teaching their kids to, you know, to hate America or something like that. Well, this is a very unpleasant woman who I'd written about before when she was leading an anti-mask crusade in Cabot. She's just uh, she's just not pleasant. That's the kindest way I can put it. But, you know, she wants to start a charter school up in Cabot so only the like-minded people can be educated the right way. And 
she said on a Facebook post that Media Matters for America was able to dig up that they're talking about being sure their school will be well patrolled by armed adults who'll be uh, carrying guns. And, you know, just in this last week, there have been several episodes and stories about cases where good guys with guns ended up getting shot because as somebody said, you know, you don't wear jerseys when you're armed. You can't tell the good guys from the bad guys. And, and, and the studies just couldn't be more convincing. The presence of guns in a home or a place of business increases the likelihood of somebody being harmed exponentially. But uh, in Cabot, Missy Bosch is going to have a well-armed charter school, and they won't be reading any dirty books or any books that talk about America's very inglorious racial past because that's the way it ought to be. Sad times. Finally, uh, just a few weeks after the departure of the Little Rock Police Chief, his uh, interim successor, Assistant Chief uh, Police, Assistant Chief Crystal Young Haskins, announced that she was leaving the department. Yeah, not not even a month. Uh, I mean, the, the, the story that's being whispered about hadn't been confirmed. She's taking a job in Tacoma, Washington, with a new police chief up there. And I think in it... I've, I've also heard Washington, D.C. That hasn't been concerned, confirmed either, but just... Yes, yeah, so I don't know. She's taking a job somewhere else, and at some point will announce it, I suppose. I think it's a good thing. I, 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 they're, been, they're taking applications in a putative national search for a new police chief. The mayor says he's going to name somebody before the election, which is, is a terrible idea, uh, for one thing, because... The mayor may hire somebody and he won't be mayor anymore come November. It could happen. I'm not predicting that. I think the odds are Frank Scott's going to be reelected. But I just think tactically hiring a new police chief now is a bad idea. I think they'd be far better to designate somebody from within the department, one of the assistant chiefs that exists there now. The fact that Crystal Young Haskins has moved along, I think, basically is a good thing if that is a scenario. Because I think there was a her experience was not deep, and, uh, and and I I don't know that she would have been viewed on the force as a great choice for that job at this point in time. And so we it opens the door to other possibilities. Uh, Wayne Buley's acting as chief now. Heath Helton is an assistant chief. He's been there a long time. I mean, I think they could do something, if not strictly speaking, a fully vested new chief, an extended interim chief for some period just to kind of establish some normalcy in the department but yeah. that's my idea I'm yeah i don't know my my read is you you say that you're going to fill the position and you 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 know take steps to fill it but you you never get the candidate and you don't until after the election i it's i, I think despite what they say it's very unlikely that they will fill it yeah i, I mean it just it's just a bad idea I mean, and they should, they, think about they, from the other side, why would you, as a, as oh, an yes, applicant, yeah. why would you want to come in to this? Why issue? would you take a job by appointment of somebody who might not be in office after November? I mean, it's, it, it's just, it doesn't make sense tactically, as I say. And I, and I don't think they should say anything else is going to happen, but maybe, maybe Frank is so, so confident of his reelection that he's willing to forge ahead. I have to say, the first batch of applications was not particularly stellar and uh 
although it included nobody from the force and the application period is open indefinitely. And I think we'll still see some applicants from inside the force. All right, well, let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What do you got this week? Oh, sort of the ridiculous and the sublime. We binge watched the second season of Hacks and Gene Smart and Hannah Einbinder as a famous comedian and a writer still pretty funny pretty pretty entertaining to watch i mean i don't know if i can say anything other than that except it's pretty good tv but on a more serious note my wife gave me for my birthday a book called last call at the hotel imperial and it's the story about very famous european correspondence of the lost generation between world war one and world war two some people that i wasn't particularly familiar with john gunther jimmy sheehan dorothy thompson hr knickerbocker and it's not so much about the reporting they did on the rise of Nazism, on the end of colonialism, of the end of the of the royal empires, but there's a lot of that. But it's really the more their biographies and God, what a wild bunch of libertines and the the places they traveled and the things they did and the experiences they had. It's a, it's some pretty wild tales. It, was drawn from apparently some amazing archival material that are in university libraries. It's by a woman named Deborah Cohen. Fascinating reading, anyway. So I, oh, I it sounds great. Highly. Yeah. I want to check it out. Uh, I am a, a devoted fan of Arkansas Razorback football and basketball. I watch pretty much every game. Baseball, not so much until the postseason. And I've really enjoyed watching this, this Razorback base, baseball team that – uh, starts in the College World Series on Saturday. I, uh, I grew up sort of liking baseball. I played just a little bit, got tired of it, but was an avid baseball card collector. I was hanging out with uh, my 11-year-old son and some of his friends, and uh, one of them was was challenging another to name players in, in the major leagues and i realized that i i really can't name more than a handful now i haven't watched a major league baseball game in, in years and years it just it seems like the game has gotten really really boring but college baseball not so much and this razorback team as has been the case for many years is very well coached solid really at all facets uh, defensively especially and when it's going uh pitching and hitting they're they're pretty damn good. Um, lots of fun personalities too. Well, well, tell me why it's. I got to ask this question: Why it's better? Because as a kid, baseball neck and neck with football is my sport. I had baseball cards galore. I could name everybody on the Boston Red Sox from Bill Mon Monbo Kitt to Ted Williams. And then at some point, it just turned off. Baseball became so boring to me. I'm like you. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could name a major league baseball player. I've just stopped watching it. The games are too long. There's too much crotch scratching and dirt kicking and bat swinging and nothing happening. So, what makes college baseball better? Well, uh, I'll I'll tell you what I think. This is not super well informed, but one, you got the aluminum bat, so there's more pop. So there's there's more fireworks. Um, these are big, strong kids, so they can crush it um, and they can throw it really hard. But they're still kids and they mess up quite a bit. So there's more chance for offense. I, mean, I think a lot of the 
major league struggles, the pitching is just so good that, you know, a lot of times they're low scoring affairs. That Arkansas Oklahoma State series. I, I saw something that like, was like 12 to 10 or something. Yeah, foot, football scores. I mean, There's a crazy a score. Four yeah. game stretch where they scored 100 runs or something. So, well, it, that's action. I yeah, I mean, that. just stuff happens more. You know, they 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 mess up. They they have really big innings. There's a lot of emotion. They're kids. This is a big stage. Um, so yeah, it's just uh, it seems to go by a lot quicker. Um, so yeah, check okay, it out. Okay, I'll, I'll try. I'll try. And they're playing Stanford. Uh, you're I saw Stanford opening it. It's going to be hot as hell. That'll favor Arkansas because it's cooler at Stanford than it is in Fayetteville. Yeah, so they're uh, they're playing. I think at one o'clock tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, stay safe out there. It's hot. There's COVID. Bad politics. It's a good weekend to stay inside and watch baseball. Turn up the AC. I'm for that. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Take care. See ya. Bye.